Welcome back to The Compass, the podcast ministry of Calvary Baptist Church of Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm Dan Carson, pastor of Family Ministries here at Calvary. We're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen. On today's podcast, we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to share much of the spoken word that was shared at our Christmas Eve service on December the 24th at 4.30 in the afternoon. First, I have the opportunity to share from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Then our worship leader, Jason Burns, will be sharing an original poem. And then Pastor Kirk will be sharing from the Word. Again, we are so thankful for the opportunity to to connect with you in this way. And if you'd like more information about Calvary Baptist Church, contact us through calvaryfedville.com. Or you can call us at 479-442-4634. Let's listen together as we celebrate Christmas. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that has been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. One life, so tiny, so innocent. One life, so vulnerable, so helpless. One life, so dependent, so needy. One life, just like any other infant, born to any other mother, and yet. The tiny child grew up. The once needy infant gave back. The once vulnerable, helpless babe defended the defenseless and served others. The baby that was dependent upon his mother for everything would go on to change the course of history. The innocent one died on the cross in our place. The Savior on the cross rose again to bring us life. The world hasn't been the same since the birth of this one life. 
The further I get along in ministry, and um, that's over 51 or two years now, the more I am amazed and intrigued and even astounded by the miracle of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. I, I trust you are familiar with that word. I know that if you were around church during the Christmas season and at other times, you hear the word incarnation, and maybe it's, it's something that uh, you're not for sure exactly what all is entailed in that, but what that means is the, the becoming flesh of Jesus Christ. Uh, our creator God, who spoke into existence a universe, who with his own hands shaped and formed the first human, the first human that uh, was shaped by him out of the dust of the earth, but did not know life until he got down on his hands and knees and breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, something of himself. And understand that we, all these years later, as well as all the men, women, boys, and girls that have ever lived, all humanity that has been, that is, or that will be, has that aspect of God within us. We have the image of God. We are Imago Dei. We are created in His image. It's what makes us different from all the other animal kingdom, when, when the world says we're just another, uh, another animal. No, we have the breath of God inside of us. We have the ability to think beyond the next meal or uh, what's going on around us, to imagine what's going to happen after I die. Where did I come from? What's, what's next? And we all have within us the capacity to know God in a personal way. Well, that's why Jesus came. Because that first man and that first woman failed miserably. They chose to be their own gods. They chose to disobey God and they brought sin into the world. And likewise, all humans since then have inherited that sin nature. And it's what separates us from God. And even though we have a capacity to know Him, until we do know Him in a personal relationship, we do not have any assurance of heaven. Christmas is just another sweet story, maybe. Something that uh, is just numbered among fairy tales. But you see, we need Christ. That's why Jesus came. That's why the incarnation took place, God becoming flesh, the creator becoming a part of his creation. And in this Christmas season, I think we are all pretty comfortable with that babe of Bethlehem. When you think of Christmas and when you think of Christ, you probably imagine that cradle, you probably imagine that manger and that babe lying there and and maybe you wonder if that story is true, if he is truly the son of God or anyway, the babe of Bethlehem is very front and center in our imaginations. And as a babe, he is safe. 
He is sweet even. He is harmless. Or so it seems. Except for the fact that Isaiah and others says that that he will carry the weight of the world on his shoulders. And that the babe of Bethlehem is more than just a babe. Are you comfortable with the God-man, Jesus? A man who was 100% human and 100% God at the same time. I realize the math of that is a problem, but it's not about math. It's about truth. All God, all man. Are you comfortable with a Savior who was subject to the everyday grit of life? Are you comfortable with a Savior that had calluses on his hands from working in his earthly father's carpentry shop or dirt under his fingernails who got tired who could feel pain and sadness. Are you comfortable with a God-man who had body odor? Understand, he was as flesh as you and I are, yet he was sinlessly God. Are you comfortable with a Jesus who could speak the words and calm storms, cast out demons, walk on water, Turn over the tables of money changers in the temple who got angry yet sinned not. Are you comfortable with a Savior who challenged the status quo of everyday religion, even yours and even mine? Are you comfortable with a God-man who paid the debt for our sins, who bled and died And who is now the high and lifted up Lord of heaven and earth. A God to whom every single one of us one day will bow. We must bow. All of us will. If you want to spend eternity in heaven, you need to do that this side of death's door. Listen to these words from Philippians chapter 2. Paul says to these Philippian believers, Have this mind in you among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. In other words, when it came time for him to leave heaven, the Father did not have to pry his fingers off of the throne. He was willing and ready. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. 
I want to give you three mental pictures, three objects that I hope you will think about this Christmas season, tonight, tomorrow, the days to come. I believe they were mentioned either directly or indirectly in that passage. I want you to remember the cradle. The cradle. And probably it was not made out of wood as we always see in the pictures. It was very likely carved painstakingly out of a rock. But a place there to put the feed for animals is the place where Jesus, the creator of the world, was laid. Remember the cradle. Christ came. He came in the flesh. That's what it meant when he said that even though he was God, he was willing to lay aside his godly prerogatives to empty himself of that and to become flesh. And as flesh, he was laid in a cradle. But understand there is another object that overshadows that cradle, and that is the cross. The cross. It says that he became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, not a noble death, not a respectable death, but tortured, stripped, not only of his clothing, but of much of his flesh, nailed to a cross, dying among thieves, dying as a common criminal. That's what he came to experience. And that cross cast its shadow even over the cradle. He came for that purpose, not just to be admired as a baby, but to be seen as the Savior. And the reason he died such a brutal death was because of your sin and mine. He paid what we owed. But understand that cross was not the end of the story because the Father has highly exalted him, given him a name above all names in heaven and on earth and under the earth that every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Keep in mind, mind to go along with the cradle and with the cross there is a crown and that's what he wears today. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father today. And he is awaiting that day that the father will turn to him like he did the first time and say, now, son, it's time for you to go back again. But this time, not a lowly birth to bear the sins of the world, not to be spit upon and mocked and looked down upon, but now as the king of kings and the Lord of lords, it's time for your second advent. And my friend, that can happen before this night is over. A cradle, a cross, and a crown. This is the whole Christ. This is the gospel. This is the Christmas story. That the very one that was laid there in that cradle was the one that was going to be nailed to a cross bearing the sins of the world and is the one who wears a crown today and is one that you and I are to bow our knees before. I hope this Christmas that he'll be to you not just the babe of Bethlehem, but the suffering Savior and the living Lord. One of the themes of the prophet's messages over and over again 
is the theme carried out in the New Testament. Jesus even himself declared it. I am the light of the world. Light drives away darkness. Light is another word for truth. It is another word for Jesus. We are not the source of any light. We are black holes of darkness in our flesh. But he is the light that drives away the darkness. And as children of the light, we can reflect that light to others that they see the living Lord in our lives. I pray that will be true in your life and mine this Christmas season. Lord Jesus Christ, tonight we celebrate your lowly coming as a baby in Bethlehem. Even as we wait for your glorious appearing on the clouds of heaven, we give thanks for your redeeming work, which assures us of victory. For the power of your spirit that enables us to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. And for your love, which forgives us when we fail. Help us to live today and always as your sons and daughters. And Father, what we do not know, please teach us. What we do not have, please give us. And what we are not, please make us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our heart's desire is that you grow and understand the direction God has for you in your life. We hope that by listening today, you are one step closer to discovering that for yourself. If you live in Northwest Arkansas and are looking for a church to call your own, we invite you to reach out to us at Calvary as we study and serve together. We meet for worship at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1410 North Porter Road in Fayetteville, Arkansas. If you wish to find out more information about Calvary Church or simply contact us, you can do that through our Facebook page or at calvaryfayetteville.com. Until next time, remember that God, His Word, and His people can provide direction for life.